0: Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com.
1: This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Joyce and Tony Singh about the upcoming environmental film series starting this Sunday, January 19th, at the Figgy Art Museum in Davenport. Welcome, Joyce and Tony. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm so excited about this brand new inaugural film series you've helped start. And let's talk first about the logistics. There are six films coming up, all addressing various aspects of the environmental crisis, beginning with The Biggest Little Farm this Sunday.
2: Yes, that will be at the uh, Figgy Museum. It's at 4 p.m. And um, you can pre-buy a season's tickets. The season pass is $20, or you can um, buy individual as you go. You can prepay, or you can buy them at the Figgy. the tickets.
1: And the tickets can also be obtained at riveraction.org online. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. and and it has uh, it's six tickets and the season's uh, ticket is six movies you can buy for twenty bucks. It's a very good value.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great value, <laughs> and they're they're really b- beautiful movies. Um, and, well, not all beautiful because of course the topic that we're addressing, which is climate change and environmental degradation, is not is a, is a harsh and frightening topic. So they're not all beautiful. But the first film really kind of eases us into it. Uh, I have not seen it yet, but I've heard just wonderful reviews, and it really got um, quite a, a big um, show at the at the box office.
0: Yeah, and we have seen these, and we took um, many of our neighborhood kids with us to see that movie, and we enjoyed it. And I think this is an excellent opportunity to now share with everyone in the community. And it is a incredibly uplifting movie, which which had some heartbreaks in it, but it's a, it's a Uh, I think it will be very well received, especially for younger folks. Kids would love it.
1: Mm -hmm. Honeyland is another one. You you have six films in, in total. They start, again, this Sunday, and they run through May 17th. Uh, Honeyland was highly regarded at the Sundance Film Festival, but had limited showing, unfortunately, in, in larger theaters. Um, but then, but then you have things um, such as uh, as as youth shorts. So environmental leaders, who were young people, who created some short films. So there's quite a, a large variety of uh, films that you're showing.
0: Yes, Carolyn. You know the the Brower Award is youth award was created after the head of the Sierra Club, and that's. Um, uh, shorts about young people, what they are doing, because we have to not only look at uh, the past and the present, but the future, and that's where I think uh, how kids play into it. And our one of our major objectives of this uh, uh, endeavor of this environmental film series is to have more young people come, and this is geared towards recognizing how the young people have been recognized and recognizing them. And drawing them.
1: And that Brower Youth Awards in the shorts, that that's, will be uh, played on March 15th. Um, and, you know, really it is the youth that uh, has energized us. Of course, the Swedish activist Greta Thunberg um, really uh, kind of um, paves the way, uh, giving a voice to the youth who are inheriting this world that we are just, just sadly kind of dismantling right now. Um, who helps select the thumbs?
0: There's a committee process. Uh, um, uh, Linda Cook is the one that is uh, the main driver. She has been very, very helpful to this group and to the other group that I work with. And uh, she comes up with a list, and then we have a committee. There are three people: Brian Ritter from Mayhew Marsh, Kristen Bergren from Sierra Club, and then we have Kathy Wine from River Action they select, the final selection is done by them. Mm -hmm.
1: And Linda Cook is the um, film critic from the Quad City Times. How really perfect that you're having all these different people from different backgrounds, but all in the conservation um, arena, putting their two cents in and and trying to choose what they feel are the best films for us to see. Yes, and I
0: think uh, Linda Cook, uh, hats off to her. She has been very instrumental in helping out with the Jewish Film series, which we have been involved for a uh, number of years now, and uh, we lifted this idea from uh, Alan Ross's uh, endeavors of and relationship with Linda Cook, and um, we, we feel that that's such a, a gift that we have to have Linda Cook here among us, and writing a review prior to the movie being shown.
1: Mm-hmm. And the Jewish Federation does have a successful, they've had for many years a, success, a successful film series, and, and um, so what's similar, it seems to me, is that is the, is the format that these are shown on Sunday afternoons in that beautiful Figgy Auditorium.
0: Yeah, and that's what I just want to, you know, recognize that uh, Alan Ross has done a fantastic job of putting that uh, program together for 18 years, and that theater... of the time is 90% full, and uh, so we just lifted that template, and Alan was very involved in that. He worked with our group to emulate exactly what was done uh, successfully with the Jewish Federation's movies.
1: Mm -hmm. The main sponsoring organization of this new film series is is River Action, Um, but, but you're partnering with the other groups too that you mentioned. How did the collaboration come about?
0: My recollection is that uh, Kristen Bergren and her group were putting this program together. And about three years ago, they quit doing it because they did not have the funding.
1: And that's the Sierra Club. The Sierra, the Sierra Club. Club. Yes.
0: Thank you. Yes. Okay. And uh, so um, I had the opportunity to visit with uh, Kathy Wine, who I have known for many years, and she's quite a leader. And she said, it's a great idea. And then we got everyone else involved and uh, got Alan Ross involved. And uh, so we started rolling it out.
1: Yeah. Well, the climate crisis really is overwhelming for, for so many people. Events like this can help foster a, a community among people who are considering what actions they can personally take on um, to make a difference. And sometimes seeing a, a film can be the, the perfect catalyst for action.
0: Yes, and sometimes, you know, like we talked earlier about this too, that this can potentially be very uh, uh, nerve-wracking and it's depressing at times too. So, for instance, the movie Anthropocene, that's going to be shown on April 26th, is uh, a very uh, heart-wrenching movie. But Joyce came up with the idea in the talkback section. So, um,
1: yes, and we should have mentioned that earlier because because not only are you showing these films, but an important component of it is the conversation afterwards. So, Joyce, what 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 is this talkback um, session that you'll have afterwards?
2: Our hope was to not just show the film some of these films I know that you can easily see online. You can download from Netflix or other sources but um so they're easy, some are easily accessible, so we wanted to make it interesting for our community, and the idea was brought up to bring in people from the community who specialize in that specific topic that's being presented in the documentary. So we've been very intentional in finding different people in the community um, who could be present for afterwards uh, for a sharing time if uh, the uh, viewers have questions related to the topic, um, they can be addressed, or even, uh, interestingly, if the um, person from the community has disagreement with something in the movie, we, we just want to open a dialogue, a conversation, Um, to deepen understanding and to come together as a community. The other thing is, again, uh, we really want it to be accessible by all in the community, not just uh, a few people who have the means. Um, We we can't do this alone. As the community coming together, we can be very
1: creative in thinking of ways
2: to um, look at these difficult issues.
1: Mm -hmm. Hence the reduced fee schedule, and it's only $2, I should mention. Each film is only $2 if you're a student or you, you are a youth. Mm-hmm. So that really does open it up to, to many people who wouldn't be able to afford going to the theater otherwise.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as Tony was mentioning, the um, some of the movies are very difficult to view. Some are very hopeful and optimistic, and that's the beauty. Everything has that, um, both challenges and, and joys. So, the Anthropocene is a difficult one to view, Um, however, we're having someone come in, this is a a friend of mine um, who practices mindfulness meditation, and uh, she was very involved in, um, um, she was an advocate, an environmental advocate in the area that she lived in, became pretty depressed in seeing what was happening. Um... And so she and her husband decided to let everything go and went sailing for six years, going island to island and meeting people to see how people are are living on the edge, uh, seeing the changing in the oceans and uh, very marginalized communities and learning so much. So she's going to be able to come on April 26th to talk about how do you move from despair to hope. And this is her own personal experience. So we have people who are... um, doctors, um, scientists, or people um, really coming from different avenues to look at this difficult topic. Um, and the beautiful thing is, too, we're in the art museum, which has been very involved in um, environmental. The, the Anthropocene was one of the, um, art. the exhibits, right? The exhibits that was Mia
1: Foyer. Mm-hmm. She was a Canadian artist, and her exhibit just recently closed, but that was really... Um, very inspiring, <laughs> very dark, but it made you think it was so thought-provoking. Right. The, the after talks, I was certainly happy to see you were having those because when I um, read facts about the climate crisis, it, it is so overwhelming. When I read those alone, it makes me feel frightened. And seeing a film like this and having the ability to have a conversation with a group of people, um, I don't want to say it, the little it somewhat, but it, it's more empowering when, when you can address the issues. What's what's so frightening with other people? Um, so I'm so glad that that you're having it, and really, this, these films can just initiate more, you know, more in-depth conversations. More, and it can be more of a consciousness awakening. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I think. Uh, Heather Lynn Mann, who is uh, going to speak uh, after Anthropocene, she wrote a book uh, uh, called Ocean of Insight, a Taylor's voyage from despair to hope. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be, a, in my opinion, a very good talk back after a darker movie, mm-hmm. despair and then hope. Yeah.
1: Film is certainly a way, and art in general, is a, is a means of kind of critiquing society. And um so um, you know you, you can comment on um, moral issues in a, in a somewhat indirect way and so I mean just to have um, to hear her hear about her experiences because um, because we do need I think guidance in terms of how can we how can we cope with this how can we address that I think sometimes if it seems, too overwhelming and too depressing the, the response is just that it's hopeless we can't, we can't do anything my, my action as an individual won't make, won't make a difference
2: okay. and that's also the beauty in the um, Brower Youth Awards and Shorts of con- uh, Conservation Activists the youth has been amazing in uh, the work that they've done um, is very helpful work and very wise work And even in small ways, it has a a profound effect. Um, We think we we often look at the big picture, and it's overwhelming. But we can look at our individual involvement um, in the community or in ways that we can be creative with our own talents. And I think that that's the beauty and the hope. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are many ways to approach these Problems.
1: This project is an extension of your family's interest in ecology and and the natural environment. And WVIK listeners have, you know, we hear the Joyce and Tony Steen Foundation mentioned a lot. So I'm curious about the history of your foundation and the inspiration behind it.
0: Uh, Well, the inspiration is that. I am not the idea guy. My wife, Joyce, is the idea person, and I've learned everything reasonably good in my life from her. <laughs> so I'll give her the credit for that. And, uh, but, you know, our experience in the Quad Cities is, you know, I came here. I'm an immigrant. I came here with absolutely nothing. I had, I had a Ford Escort that had a hole at the bottom of it when I arrived here in 1988. And uh, since then, we have been blessed by what this community has done to us, meaning good, so our emphasis is to give back, and a couple of expressions like Joyce's focuses on the idea of uh, a beloved community. That's, uh, she can talk to that, but I look at uh, uh, the ideas of uh, Aldo Leopold, which inspires me and Joyce as well. And uh, so our, well, our mission is the guiding principles come from Aldo Leopold's idea of land ethics, and which is the, and I'm just going to quote, the land ethic simply enlarges the boundaries of the community to include soils, waters, plants, and animals, or collectively, the land. In short, a land ethic changes the role of Homo sapiens from conquerors of the land community to plain members and citizens of it. It implies respect for his fellow members and also respect for the community as such. And after living and we've uh, taken about 34 acres at our place and we the last 23 years we have naturalized it and the joy we have received in all the critters that have come back. We have very high intensive uh, industrial agriculture around us which is bread and butter of our community and we respect that and that's our economy. But we got to have a little bit of a space and I think by providing that space and seeing the joy of different critters coming back in has been just invaluable. So we want to share that. And so that's maybe part of the impetus for uh, putting the funds aside uh, to then share that information and knowledge with others.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to give a little shout-out to Aldo um, Leopold because he's considered the father of wildlife ecology, and he was born in Burlington, Iowa. Yeah, so he's from here originally. But his... His restoration was then in Wisconsin, I think, yes. and he was the author of the Sand County the Almanac. Almanac. Yes. So, how lovely that he was an inspiration for you and and you. So, tell us a little bit about the prairie that you've created, um, <laughs> if you don't mind, um, in the in rural in the rural areas surrounding the Quad Cities.
2: Well, we have lived in Le since since uh, how many years 96. now? Since '96. So one of my jobs was to, because we did not have horses, there were horses grazing there before we bought the property, my job was to mow on the hill, which is a very dangerous job. (laughs) And um, I wanted to find a smarter way to care for the land. Um, So I started section planting by just um, experimenting. And thankfully for the uh, soil and water conservation groups um in the quesity area i got a lot of information from them but just um brainstorming how can i put in prairie because prairie will have a deep root system has gone through so many changes in the environment um can be there i don't have to mow (laughs) um there is caring for it but um so I started doing section planting of a prairie over a number of years, and then finally we um, had a, a fellow we met, um, help me with the name. Uh,
0: Mr. Strand from right. Galesburg.
2: Who came and helped us seed. Uh, he has a native prairie, and he gathered seed, and so we, we did about, probably about three acres or so of prairie, and it's amazing to see the diversity. Well, per, first of all, of the plants. Um the diversity of the grasses and flowers all blooming blooming different times, but also the birds and the butterflies and moths and all the insects that came in. Uh, It has been amazing to watch
1: this. And we, and that sounds so... So lovely, and we we forget, don't we, what the natural world is like, somewhat because living in 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 this area, straddling Iowa, and Illinois, where it's where the farmland goes all the way up to the boundaries of the fences, we we kind of forget and have to be reminded about what it, what it's like, and we have to make space for the organisms that that no longer have have habitat.
0: <laughs> yes, and Carolyn, you know, uh, we have to have space for our our economy is based on industrial agriculture and we have to recognize and um, respect that but on the other hand you know 99 point nine percent of our native ecology is gone so if we can have just one percent that is a very fair ask one percent so if we go to one percent that is from one tenth of one percent of the prairie left that is from one tenth of one percent to two tenths of a percent is a hundred percent gain so what we are saying is that we Absolutely what is here is here now, but let's just, because the joy of that coming back uh, is palpable. And we talked about all the Leopold, and so I call it the, the trinity of conservation. So on the east coast we had Henry David Thoreau, and on the west coast we had John Muir. And we have right here in our piece of heaven... Aldo Leopold and yeah. his ideas. So that's the, the I call it the Holy Trinity of mm-hmm. conservation.
1: <laughs> Besides Aldo Leopold, another um, uh, person you really wanted to emulate in terms of ideas was Martin Luther King, and I didn't um, know about his beloved community um, thought uh, and and idea. But I but I really love the fact that you included that in in somewhat um, as a, as a guiding force really that um that you're you're invested in the community that you live in right now and you are going to consider it beloved and so you're going to do everything you can to take care of this this little spot on earth right here
0: because this is the spot that gave us everything that we have
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, you're giving a lot back, (laughs) I should say, because besides this environmental series, you know, at WVIK, we hear you a lot because you um, are sponsors of the Intelligent Conversation series, and I must say, those are amazing for people who have not had the chance to attend them before, starting with Krista Tippett, and then last year, Nicholas Kristoff. This coming uh, spring on March 26th, Michelle Norris will be here, and if you haven't purchased your ticket, that would be um, something to consider. And I love the idea. You know, it, it kind of parallels these after talks that you're having with your film series, about about a chance to get together and have discourse and to talk about issues that are that are hard and that are that are difficult. It's it's a rare thing. Um, you know, we tend to be so siloed, so so alone, and it's really a beautiful thing to have a chance to have a conversation with one another.
0: And just quickly, Michelle, I also, you know, the conversations, this, this dialogue, the last movie, I want to give it a shout out, with Sustainable Nation, it's a movie about three Israeli innovators. You know, Israel has a water shortage, and they came, they have come up with these innovative ideas, and they were able to take those ideas, go to uh, Africa and Latin America, and then even to California, and we, uh, with the, the Jewish Federation's uh, blessing, we will be able to bring Uh, one of these entrepreneurs, these uh, people from Israel here, to talk about water management.
1: That's fantastic. So one of the three innovators that was in this film called Sustainable Nation. Mm -hmm. And that will be May 17th. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be one not to miss. Um, you know, you, you kind of are involved in a lot of different things. Um, Nant Marsh, wh- who is one of the partners in this film series, is hosting their second annual Overholster Awards coming up on February 29th at the Bend Center in East Moline, and I wanted to give a shout-out to that um, because a well-known author and filmmaker, Doug Peacock, will be speaking there, and your foundation is helping to uh, to fund that.
0: Yeah, Doug Peacock, and if you just uh, on the computer, put down... Uh, Doug Peacock, uh, uh, Grizzly. You will get to his 11-minute short movie. It's absolutely terrific. And Carolyn, if you, I think I sent it to you last night, and you were very happy to see it. Uh, that was a was it a worth 11 minutes? spending. It's on? absolutely
1: worthwhile. He's he's quite an amazing man, a Vietnam veteran who then decided it was so kind of a horrific experience and. While in Vietnam, he would stare at these maps of wilderness in the western portion of the United States and yellow, around Yellowstone, and, and look at areas that were uninhabited, and, and thought if he made it back alive, that's where he would go, and he, he did mm-hmm. for many years and studied the grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So, but you can tell me a little bit a little bit more about that. He's coming in to talk at that um, at that award ceremony.
0: Yes, and he will be the keynote speaker. This is our second year of doing it. In this uh, Oberholster Award, we are recognizing our past, present, and future conservation leaders in our community. And Oberholster was from Quad Cities, from Davenport, as I recall, and he was responsible for... uh, protecting, and what we have today, the boundary waters. He had to fight. It was not easy. And uh, so we recognize him, and uh, the award is based on uh, our local leader, Mm Oberholzer.
1: Yeah, I had no idea that he was from our community. Mm -hmm. And what a a great thing to to have Doug Peacock come. Mm -hmm. I was just delighted to find out that he was... um, Featured somewhat in the in the in the book The Monkey Wrench Gang, if anybody's read that by Edward Abbey, that he was one of the characters. It was based on him, um, and that's really a that's quite a, a an extraordinary environmental book for those who haven't read that. It's kind of an environmental eco terrorist tale. That's that's just um, that I loved. So, um, so hopefully people can make that, and that is um, again February 29th. By Marsh.
2: I wanted to add to that. If you go to the Nahant Marsh site, um, you can nominate uh, different people th- th- for submission for the award for past, present, and future. The future award also is for students. Uh, for students, who, and they have an opportunity to um, get a scholarship by being nominated. So I don't know the deadline on that, but if you go to Nahant Marsh or the org organization. You can find more info for making a nomination. Mm
0: -hmm. And young people can receive a scholarship that's part of the program uh, for the future leaders. So that's, that's, uh, and if you have time, please do. And also to get the tickets, you can go to the Nahan Marsh's website. Mm
1: -hmm. Wonderful. Well, Joyce and Tony Singh, it's been so great to talk with you and thank you for all that you do to make our community a better place to live. Thank you.
0: Thank you for the opportunity of living here.
1: Yes. The inaugural environmental film series opens this Sunday, January 19th at 4 p.m. at the Figgy Art Museum with a showing of The Biggest Little Farm. Five additional films will be shown through May 17th. The full schedule, including a synopsis of all movies, can be viewed online and tickets can be purchased at the door or at (laughs) riveraction.org. This has been Carolyn Martin, talking art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.